This episode of the Live Life Aggressively show is sponsored by Health IQ. Health IQ is an insurance company that helps health conscious people such as runners, cyclists, strength trainers, plant-based athletes, and more secure lower rates on their life insurance. Health IQ uses science and data to help its customers living a healthy lifestyle secure lower rates on life insurance, as opposed to typical waist-to-hip ratio calculations used by conventional life insurance companies. Health IQ is not a life insurance broker or an insurer. Health IQ is a life insurance agency providing exclusive rates to health conscious applicants who qualify through their Health IQ quiz and other lifestyle quizzes. You can even get additional savings by submitting actual data such as race results as well as your Strava, RunKeeper, or other fitness lifestyle app data. How can Health IQ pass along these savings? Well, Health IQ can save you up to 33% because physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease, 20% lower risk of cancer, and 58% lower risk of diabetes compared to people who are inactive. Just like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash LLA or mention the promo code LLA when you talk to your Health IQ agent. Again, head over to healthiq.com slash LLA and get your free quote today. And don't forget to mention the promo code LLA when you speak with a Health IQ agent. Hey, what's going on, folks? Welcome to another week. This is the Live Life Aggressively Show. Sincere Hobie, that's me. Got Mike Mall on the other side. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, quite, quite, a, quite a way to start off the show here before we start recording. You know, here's the thing about Skype, you know, which is like Skype needs to become like one of the, I don't know, co-hosts of this show because it gets more mentions than you and I do. It's just like every time we get on the show. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. You know, if anyone from Skype is listening, I want to thank you for the improvements. I mean, the I mean, a major overhaul, and I truly appreciate it. But can you give a brother a warning next time that when I click on, all of a sudden the screen is all black, looks all futuristic, and now I have the sound coming through my laptop, which I've only wanted that to happen for the last what four and a half years that we've been doing the show. So it's just like just it just took over my computer. It's like just this alien thing or whatever. It's like trust me, I I appreciate the improvements, but I need a little warning next time. And don't have me waiting so long. Have me late for the show. I'm like, I'm trying to break the stereotypes here. You know, I like to be a black man at some time. Okay. <laughs> well, last ep- last episode, I had such technical problems with Google Talk that I set up Skype this morning. And like you said, it took a minute because they've overhauled the system. And then I tried to call into the show on Google Talk, and it cut me off several times. And I go, man, I'm glad I took the time to get that Skype right. set up because it took a while. We would have been sitting around waiting forever for me to get on otherwise since I made a point of taking care of that. But, yep, sounds good. So we're ready to go here. And before we get started with our guest, just some LLA shout-outs. These are people that are using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off and support the show. We got Matthew Myers, Bob Martin, Bruce Maher, Tyson Bradley, Jeff Hurst, and Christopher Kaufman. Just a small selection of people using that coupon code. So be like these guys, support the show, use that coupon code LLA, go to MikeMahler.com or NewWarriorTraining.com and get 10% off everything you see there. Yep. And then what's going on with anything going on over at Patreon? I know people that have listened to the last episode now realize that we have sponsors and that if you want to listen to the show commercial free, you want to get on Patreon. 
Exactly. Well, one of the beautiful things about I don't know, man, something about 2018 is starting off way better than 2017. So the is, there were a few issues for a few people on Patreon as far as, you know, being able to download it or whatever else with the RSS feed. And finally got those kinks worked out for those few people. So now it shouldn't be any issues. Everyone should be able to either download or stream it from Patreon now. So all our listeners over there. So it was only like a few people here and there throughout the year, like maybe two or three people, but just in case. So now we've figured all that out. So right there, yeah. Patreon's excellent, quote unquote, uh, customer service. <laughs> so it's just a lot of hacking on my part that figured everything out. So which is going to be the theme of the day about hacking and, you know, trying to figure things out yourself instead of depending on other people to take care of you when things are broken. <laughs> you know, which is going to be the theme of the show today. But, um, yeah, so people, you don't want to hear the commercials, you don't want to hear the ads then that's what you need to hop over to Patreon, become a subscriber over there, and you get all these episodes ad-free. Because the ad thing, oh, it's a thing now. It's, it's a thing, and we've warned people for like the last six months. So it's on and popping now, baby. So we've got to monetize this show and keep it going. It's just a, it's just the beginning, too. We have one sponsor, Health IQ. Thank you for them. Check them yep. out. But we're going to get several more. We have several in the pipe. We have inquiries coming in fairly often now. And now that people actually hear sponsors on the show, we're going to get even more inquiries. So we'll definitely be taking on more. And if you don't want to hear the ads, which I get, some ads can be annoying, but we've got to pay for the show somehow. So if you don't want to hear the ads, then just fork over a few dollars, become a Patreon subscriber. And it's just like Hulu, right? I'm a Hulu subscriber. I pay an extra four bucks every month to not watch commercials. It's just worth it to me. Some people are not going to want to pay that. Well, then you're going to have to watch commercials. So one way or the other, you're paying. You're either paying with your time, listening to stuff you don't want to listen to, or you're paying it with a little bit of money to save time and have a more enjoyable listening experience. Options are yours. So don't you don't have to email us and say, oh, man, you guys have commercials now. It's like, yeah, we do, but you don't have to listen to them if you don't want to. That's up to you. Hey, another benefit, though, with by being a Patreon subscriber, you also get the episode before the people who right. have the ads get the episode, so you get to jump on them as well. So, and another thing is, um, another good way to like reach out to us and comment and and just give us feedback on the show. Yes, we have our fan page and all on Facebook, but we also know that Facebook how they can be as well, especially when no one's buying ads from them. So sometimes right. we'll see things, sometimes we won't. So one of the best things to do, whether you're a subscriber of Patreon or not, you can go over to Patreon and still post over there. And therefore, we have a little bit more control by what we see and get the content in real time over there. So all the feedback, content questions, all those good things, man, then hop over to Patreon for that as well. So and while you're there, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, well, that's a perfect time to do it. <laughs> instead of instead of going on Facebook where you can get distracted and, you know, you might have a good question that you've been wanting to you know, reach out to us about. And then as soon as you do it, somebody ends up spamming you some some Russian bot you know, sends you her pictures on Messenger just as you're about to pop that message. And, of course, you get distracted. Either you're going to get distracted thinking that's a real person or you're going to get pissed off and want to block and delete them and report them to Facebook. And then next thing you know, you forgot the question you're going to ask us. Now your, your day is really ruined. So the best way to avoid all that, go to Patreon, and that's where you can really connect with us over there. So, yeah, that's how we do that. Well, great. I mean, now we got all that housekeeping out of the way. Ron Morris is back. He's been on the show before. I've known Ron for a long time. He's a great guy, and we have some really interesting things to get into today. So this is going to be another fun conversation. So welcome back, Ron. It's good to have you back hey, again. Guys, it's great to be back. And a uh, quick word about that, you know, ponying up a couple of dollars to get, you know, information, especially with podcasts like your, yours, 
you know, uh, what's a couple of bucks anymore? I think a cup of coffee is five dollars now, isn't it? You know, right. Uh, uh, so yeah, and it's not so, even that great. Yeah, exactly. It's not yeah, even exactly. Good it's not even <laughs> so we have good content for five, you know, for at least five bucks. Yeah. You even have crappy coffee for a little bit more. Come on, man. It's an easy choice. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I just uh, the other question I had was, you know, you guys are skyping, so you guys can see each other, right? No, no. I, I, I know no. what he looks like. I'm good. No. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't need to see each other. <laughs> so you're, you're Skype, so that's your, your mode, uh, is Skype now to communicate. Cause all this is sometimes just, uh, Skype, sometimes Google talk, but there's been technical issues over there. I had, I had a ton of technical, technical issues on the last episode. I could barely get yeah. on. I kept getting dropped every five minutes. It was ridiculous. So I wanted to switch over or switch back to Skype for this episode. And so far, so good. So that, awesome. that can be one of the challenges of doing a show remotely. Some people do podcasts where they're live with the person, right? They have a studio. Exactly. That's the highest where you have a studio and the show is so big yeah. that you can get people to come to you. It's worth their sure. time. Other people travel and meet guests. So they talk to them. Like, for example, Jamie Josta has a show. He's, he's a lead singer of Hatebreed. He travels around talking to other band members, other bands and so forth, and he'll – reach out and he'll meet up with them live maybe after a concert, record the show in front of them. So there's different styles. Obviously, there's pros of doing that, but, it, but it's costly. You know, it would be very expensive to do a show like that. Yes. Oh, so remotely, No, no, I think... Yeah, I, I, uh, it's just a fascinating kind of genre that's ex- kind of expanding now, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. It's taking over. It's an it's a viable alternative to radio because now and, you can, and television and, and television in, in some exactly. as well. So it's one of those things where you you no longer it's 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 the same thing we talk about as far as publishing a book or or, or something like that or even just or getting a record deal. It's like you don't have to do those things anymore and be at the mercy of someone else. Now you can really have complete control. And someone right. that's coming from terrestrial radio and after like two decades of that, you know, this is refreshing because, you know, you get to do it your way. You don't have to worry about the FCC and being censored. You don't have to worry about the, your boss, you know, having his pockets lined by some sponsor and then therefore they're dictating what you talk about. And or as soon as you – Let's just say that, you know, one of these companies is doing something totally foul and needs to be brought up, you know, when then your boss comes in, he's like, oh, you can't, you can't say that about this company because, you know, they're a sponsor or they're a potential sponsor. So it's basically that's censorship. So that's the beautiful thing about podcasts now. It's just like now you can really go about <clears throat> being in the media the way it's supposed to be, the way that exactly. it was intended to be with free press. And, and, you know, in freedom of expression and not have to worry about being censored all the freaking time. So now well, the only discretion is really up to you. And honestly, you know, we have no discretion. <laughs> so yeah. we care less. So like if your product sucks, we'll tell you your product sucks. Yeah. And, and you, well, you know, but we would offer you a lot of money to be sponsors. Yeah, but we're still going to say your product sucks. So that's probably yeah, going to yeah. be a no for me, dog. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and, and you said it right. You know, that's couldn't be couldn't be better said, you know. It's more important to have that integrity, that line of integrity. And this oh, man, is that's my a rare part. thing now. <laughs> that's you know, a, that's it's a like, dying thing now, integrity. <laughs> so, well, it's, it's like this. It's like I'm a huge John Coltrane fan, huge Miles Davis fan. And back right. in the day, they weren't popular. You know what I mean? They, 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 they held their line with their integrity. And, you know, of course, now they're, they're considered, you know, genius guy well, celebrate it now exactly yeah, yeah you know, it, it's, it's just like while well, you think if those if those guys would have had that that avenue that we've got right now to just 
hey, let's do a podcast today. Awesome. You know what I mean? Uh, and just speak your mind and, and, or better, or even tougher. So for a musician, you know, play, play what you want. You know, I, I, I grew up from the age of 14 to the age of 23 playing in bar bands and, uh, you never got to play what you wanted. You know, it, it was all about selling drinks and making people dance right. and, and, uh, yeah. shut up and play this kid. And, you know, it's like, uh, what you were saying is no different, you know, uh, well, you're on our airwaves, so you're going to say what we want and fuck that, you know, this is way more fun, you know. No doubt. And on that theme, you have an interesting topic. You broke your leg in a motorcycle accident. We're told by a doctor that you need surgery and you said, nah, I'll figure it out myself. And you did so <laughs> successfully. So that's interesting. Let's hear about that. Yeah, brother. Well, uh, been, uh, riding for, ever right i've been riding choppers and motorcycles and i'm a serious rider you know and uh never had an accident in 30 years think about that not an accident in 30 fucking years uh so i'm doing about five miles an hour across this bridge and this is why i got to work on the story because the story is really it's really like a lame accident it should have been so much better right <laughs> you know yeah. i was attacked and people were shooting at me no <laughs> so I'm, I'm in I'm in line trying to pull on the this kind of like bridge thing and a diesel truck had dumped all its oil on the uh diesel gas on the the tar and you couldn't see it. So I rolled up on it and both my wheels I don't know if you know how slick that is, but it's like ice. Oh yeah. And you but you couldn't yeah. see it. And both my wheels just gone. So like I said, I was only doing five, so I thought, well, this is pretty fucking weird. And I tried to push myself away from my bike. I got a, uh, this bike was my 2014 Steep Ride. So it's about a 700-pound uh, bike. Well, I'm getting a lot of feedback. Where's that coming from? Yeah, I think that's where we're about to have our issue. How about now? Well, actually, there's no feedback on this. What about you, Mike? Yeah, that's fine. It was yeah, It was fine. feedback a second ago. No, now it sounds like there's feed. No, okay. Yeah, now it's fine. Okay. How about Dang. now? <laughs> it's like a delayed <laughs> feedback. You know? It's funny because I That's have even no worse. feedback whatsoever. I have none over here whatsoever. You guys still hear me okay? Yeah, you sound fine now. Cool. There was an echo uh, for so a anyway. second. Now, now you're okay. Cool. So anyway, I have this unremarkable accident with a 800-pound motorcycle Caught just the inside of my tibia, just below the uh, knee, right? And and yeah. cracked it, broke it. So I got up thought, well, I'm okay. And then I fell down and went, well, that hurts. <laughs> you know, and of course, people are running <laughs> over and trying to help, which was nice. And uh, I was just more concerned about getting my bike off the road. And anyway, ambulance comes. Everybody's looking at my leg. They all go, yeah, this. Gosh, it looks like, you know, you got away with not, no scratches on me, nothing, right? So they say, well, let's just take you in anyway. So I let them take me in because it's a good idea, right? And uh, uh, get to the emergency room and uh, I'm stuck in there forever. It's a Friday night, bad time to be in an emergency room. Uh, oh, yeah. So they, oh, yeah. they start with you, right? You know, it's like shit's flying all over the place. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the corner. He seems okay. Put him over there. And uh, right. so every hour they're doing different 
stuff on, you know, like an x-ray and then an MRI and then a blah, blah, blah. And so finally they come back and go, yeah, it's broken. You know, we're going to have to do surgery. And I went, what? You know, there's no blood. There's no swelling. It's it's a small, I saw the picture that they showed me and, and it's a crack, you know, it's a crack in a bone. And I said, no, no, I'm not down with that. I mean, it kind of goes against my philosophy. You know, I kind of steeped in Chinese medicine and everything and putting metal in my body. It's not making a lot of sense to me. Plus, it doesn't need to happen. So anyway, uh, two surgeons come in. I mean, they're really pressing me. This was the disturbing part. Like, if I didn't know my, my shit, they would have talked me right into this. You know, $25,000 operation that I couldn't afford. And, uh, especially, especially in that context, because when you're in a hospital and you're injured, you're just out of it. That's why they often recommend you have some kind of advocate who can speak for you. Because you're drugged up, dazed and confused. It, it's hard to be coherent and resist yeah, well, any and, pressure. Well, that's, that, that's a good point, too, Mike. The first thing they wanted to do when I got there, so like I said, I'm fine, right? You know, no scratches, nothing. I'm making jokes. Let's just get the pictures, and I, I want to get out of here, you know? And they start, uh, well, let's get you, can we get you something for the pain? I said, I, I don't have any pain. And they actually said, well, that's okay here. I'm going to take this anyway. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so the whole eight hours is like this, kind of fighting the system, you know. Right, and, right. Uh, uh, I, I, they gave me a pair of crutches and a brace. And, you know, they said, well, you probably should stay for you know, the night. And I said, guys, you, you look at me. You know, now, I'm 59. I'm, I'm built better than anybody they've ever seen. I just happen to be covered in tattoos and coherent as hell. And they're going, well, they just didn't know what to make of me. So they let me go, right? I said, well, of course you're letting me go. You know, I'm not under arrest here. Long story short, three days later, I go back in. Surgeon says, here's why we need to operate. And this is the interesting part of the story. I promise it'll get interesting. <laughs> uh, he's a young guy, about 35. And he, all he does is work on bones. You know, he's a ortho, or, ortho, uh, help me out. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, orthopedic guy. And, uh, we look at my x-ray and he goes, uh, well, you know, here's where we'll put the plate and the pins. And I said, nah, I said, here's what we're going to do. And I, I laid out my, my, my philosophy of, you know, look, I obviously am in really good shape, take care of myself. And I study, real deep qigong healing technique right mm -hmm. and yeah. uh i in the eyes you know they roll the eyes and do all that crap and i said okay wise guy here's the deal send them to my two websites i explained to him how this works and long story short we made a, a deal he goes okay he goes i'll back your play he goes i'll give you 30 days right so it this was three days after the accident. My leg was totally immobilized. I couldn't bend it, and I couldn't put weight on it. That That's what mm -hmm. they suggested. And I was on crutches. And I thought, okay, that makes sense. Go back 30 days later with no drugs, no no operation, no plaster, no nothing, just doing it my way, which is getting up every day, doing a little bit of Qigong meditation and then some Qigong exercises. Diet, you know what I mean? basic exercises, did some pull-ups every day, super clean diet, 
extra uh, got on the internet and found out more about how to increase your bone density with supplements and what more did I need and you know I, I made a study of it and went back and the guy went holy shit you know they took the brace off gave me a new flexo brace and and uh, at that point I had won them over to the point where they said okay let's see if you can do this for real so every 30 days I went in and we did pictures and x-rays and the last time I went in was real funny he had other doctors come with him and he he walked in and I'm down to just a uh, crutch now not even a brace and he goes uh, well that's the guy he tells the other doctors he goes that's the guy and I said uh, something smart ass you know and he goes see what I mean <laughs> and then they all sat and wanted to know what I was doing and uh, we're going to end up doing a case study on it and, and I, I logged every day you know what I ate what time I got up you know how much I moved how much it sucked being on crutches um, <laughs> right. And also, how the body really knows fucking fix itself, and that's the big thing. You know, as, as Mike and I were talking about earlier before you got on, sincere. You know, just having the proclivity to go out and just do something on your own. You know, and and right. and give the effort to do it. You know, there's a reason people like Mike was saying they get you in the environment. You know, take this volume. We've got you covered. And three days later, you know, you're looking at sutures. You know, and uh, right, right. You know, they just weren't ready for me. So, uh, the good news is, is what's coming out of this is, I've got a real ally in this surgery game now. And actually, when I get done with you guys today, I'm actually going to meet a a, a director I work with, and we're going to try and uh, film this. Uh, Two ways, uh, one as a case study, a black and white, you know, nuts and bolts, kind of boring case study, but I want to present it so on their territory and then, uh, and then kind of do a, uh, my case study with my sense of humor and, you know, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I'd like to open my video with like one of those cartoon motorcycle crashes off the bridge, you know, <laughs> just tumbling and cracking and exploding, you know, <laughs> you know, make it entertaining. Someone's an easy rider. And, and exactly, exactly. Yeah, perfect. I didn't even think of that. I'm stealing that. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah. And believe it, even with, even with people, even with people who do get surgery, a lot of times they don't make a hundred percent recovery because they're not willing to deal with the pain in the rehab process. Exactly. Yep, that's it, Mike. They just want the they just, they just want the drugs. Like, hey, man, just give me the painkillers and then just try to get through it. Well, you know, and the other funny thing about this was, so to wrap, you know, they were they were trying to just push everything on me, you know, because everything is about dollars and cents. And uh, I saw right away that, you know, I need to just you got to deal with them on their schedule and and their kind of their turf. But also to stand your turf, that's kind of what the message needs to be. It's like uh, Mike and I were talking sincere about when we were kids, we had to, mm -hmm. we had to, you had to mow a lawn or, you know, do something so you could earn money for gas so you could go get a get a, oh, get yeah. a girl on a date, you know. And now, as far as I know, you know, you just text them with your $1,000 iPhone <laughs> that your parents gave you and, 
or just ask for money and they go pick her up. You know, it's 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 not a it's not a good setting for this country right now. You know. Yeah, you don't have you don't so, have to go pick her up anymore. It's just like you send an Uber to go get her. And yeah, man, I'm <laughs> not even sure. Up there, like, hey, I got Uber credits, you know, and I can have to pick you up, and I'll meet you at the movies or whatever else. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how that's how far behind I am, sincere. I forgot that there's <laughs> Uber, you know. No, but so, you can see anyway, the lack. You can see the lack of confidence, though, because you didn't have to put in hard work for anything. You can just see it. You can see it in the energy and the way someone walks. Oh yeah. So I, it, you really miss out on not paying your dues to some extent. Like you and I were talking, Ron. You do these crappy jobs. One of the things you also realize is, okay, I better work hard, stay focused, figure out what I want to do because I don't want to do this in even yeah. five years from now. Definitely not twenty years from now. <clears throat> Well, you, exactly. you know, a big thing that I, I, I work with people on and, and teach people is that you can have whatever you want. You can do whatever you want in this life. That's really a true statement, you know. And and the people that end up living their lives are people that aren't afraid to just go out and do what they want, no matter what the cost, you know. Yeah, something can be said about living on your own terms, yeah, living on your own terms, not answering anyone, really. You know, just there's something very empowering with that. Or like I said, or if you want to get more metaphysical and hokey with it, it's like, you know, living your own truth. You know, that's how they like to coin it. You know, you can dress up either way well, you want to. Well, but, but you know, when you can sit there like, and basically my, my philosophy of that is like, when you truly have no Fs to give, that's when, it's, that's when, you, that's when life is good. It's like, you know what? It's, you know, I don't give an F about that. You know, or yeah. you, you care less. You know, like okay, that's not that important. You know, it's not. I'm not gonna put as much value in that as, as everyone else because, look, man, it's neither here or there. It's not good or bad. It's none of my business. Now, I think that's where things really start. When things, when you just focus on the things that just truly like make you happy and it's not, you know, not your business, then that's when you can truly, you know, live, man. It's just like, hey, man, if you want this job, you want to go to that sucky job and you know have this boss talk to you all crazy, or whatever. You know, that's your business, man. I'm not judging you, but I just know that. I'm not living that way. That's not for me. Well, that's where, you know, everyone has to go through that. No, not this dude. Not everyone. <laughs> right. So, Because everybody has a choice at the end of the day. Everyone has a choice. And so it also takes away the bitching and complaining later on. So when people are like, man, I can't stand my job. I'm sick of this, blah, blah, blah. You're making a choice. You're making a choice. And even if you have to, like, pay the bills for now so you can do something that you truly want, you know, at least there's a, there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel when you have that philosophy. Like, you know what? I'm not going to be doing this forever. I, well, yeah. I'm going to start working on this when I'm off and things like that. And so those are people that they're probably not complaining. They're the ones like, you know what? I got three more months of this BS and I'm out of here, man, because I'm almost, I'm almost set up and ready to go with the thing that I really want to do. So they're not going to be bitching and complaining. They're actually just, they, they're waiting. They, they see that light. It's the people that have no light whatsoever. They don't see that light in the tunnel because there's no tunnel. They don't, know that, they don't even know they're on a train and traveling. You know, they're just, they're actually yeah. being hostage, you know, and those are the ones that complain. It's like, dude, you, you always have a freaking choice, man. So stop yeah. your bitching and complaining. Here's the thing about bitching and complaining. Nine times out of ten, no, well, ten times out of ten, no one gives a damn about what you're bitching and complaining about. So yeah, think about the next time you want to complain to somebody about something. They probably don't care. <laughs> so, yeah. so what's the point? Well, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a, that's even an old fashioned saying, you know. I complain, but who'd listen, you know? Exactly. Um, uh, what in you know that that's you know living your own truth. Uh, that's a big part of you know. It's it's really not hokey. It's it's it just sounds hokey because no one does it, 
and they really don't <laughs> right. grasp it. You know, I mean, uh, you know, when you can get three guys on the line who actually do what they want and, you know, it's three guys not judging the other. It's three guys going, yeah, here's what I got. Here's what I do. And here's what I do. I got a surgeon to do that and it, it and it paid off, but it was hard. You know, it's like you have to take a risk. You know, I had these doctors coming at me going, well, you're wrong. And I was saying, no, I'm not. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm not a fat, overweight, miserable fuck. I'm a guy who can, you know, run circles around everybody in this room and have dedicated my life to it. And, you know, it was just all wrong. You know, like Mike was saying, you almost feel like you're getting railroaded right into a financial situation. It doesn't even feel medical at a certain point, guys. That's right. It just felt financial, you know. And, like, that's when you really feel in, insignificant. So, anyway, what I'm working on is this, uh, uh, after I get done with you guys, and what I'm working on is really presenting this on how did I do it? You know, it's like one thing to go, well, I did this. And you both, uh, all three of us have heard this bullshit from everybody on the planet, you know. Oh, yeah, you know, Mike, uh, well, I used to do blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, oh, my God. You know, you hear that one more time, you're going you're gonna to bite your own head off, right? Or sincere, I'm sure you get the same thing. It's just like, uh, you know, we had a saying back in the day, in the motorcycle days, you know, when I was with the crew, uh, you're only as good as your last pass. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. nobody cares. Right. Nobody gives a shit. What can you do today? Yeah, you should never talk about what you used to be able to do. Whenever you start talking about what you used to be able to do, that's always evident that you're not doing anything interesting now. now. (laughs) Bingo. Bingo. Perfect, Mike. That's exactly it. That's like putting a cap and gown on the fact that you're done. (laughs) Even with your own workouts, it's it's important to have that mentality. Sometimes you'll talk to someone. Yeah, I'm thinking about starting that squat program you mentioned. It's like, well, what's your max? Well, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter what you were able to do a couple of years ago. What can you do right now? Because the number has to be accurate for the program to work. Otherwise, it's going to be a big disaster. And 90% of the time, why programs don't work for men in particular is because they're not putting accurate numbers in. They're inflating what they think they can do or they're using a number that they used to be able to do maybe in their prime 20 years ago, you know, which has no relevance to what you can do now. More of the Live Life Aggressively show right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the Live Life Aggressively show is sponsored by Health IQ. Health IQ is an insurance company that helps health-conscious people such as runners, cyclists, strength trainers, plant-based athletes, and more secure lower rates on their life insurance. Health IQ uses science and data to help its customers living a healthy lifestyle secure lower rates on life insurance, as opposed to typical waist-to-hip ratio calculations used by conventional life insurance companies. Health IQ is not a life insurance broker or an insurer. Health IQ is a life insurance agency providing exclusive rates to health conscious applicants who qualify through their Health IQ quiz and other lifestyle quizzes. You can even get additional savings by submitting actual data such as race results as well as your Strava, RunKeeper, or other fitness lifestyle app data. How can Health IQ pass along these savings? Well, Health IQ can save you up to 33% 
because physically active people have a 56% lower risk of heart disease, 20% lower risk of cancer, and 58% lower risk of diabetes compared to people who are inactive. Just like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash LLA or mention the promo code LLA when you talk to your Health IQ agent. Again, head over to healthiq.com slash LLA and get your free quote today. And don't forget to mention the promo code LLA when you speak with a Health IQ agent. And now back to the show. Exactly. Oh, man, I, that's, that's a whole other subject about people, you know, I want to lose weight. Well, what'd you eat today? Well, today's a bad example. <laughs> sure, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, people lie a lot there. That's for sure. Oh God. Oh man, it's uh, it, it's <laughs> like I said. That's I'm, eat, I'm eating thing. healthy. It's just not working. It's like, look, if it's if you're if you're genuinely eating healthy, it's going to work. It may be slow because we all have different metabolic rates, but it's going to work. Well, dude, you know, I always like uh, I've been clean and sober for 20 years. But back in the day when right. I drank, you know, I would fool myself all the time by, you know, well, I only drank on the weekend. You know, I, just, <laughs> I didn't stop yeah. drinking, you know, like from Friday to Monday, Monday. just right. drank. You know? Yeah, that's why that's why the whole concept of just, you know, eat whatever you want on the weekend. Monday through Friday, you're clean, but eat whatever you want on the weekend. That's why it doesn't work ultimately, because all of a sudden, the weekend starts on Monday, you know, through Sunday. You well, know, it does, just, you know. Or, or you use that weekend to make up for those other five days. So you eat five days worth of food in those two days. So that's another thing. Well, worse yet, okay. it's, it's thinking that, that, that that's what needs to be done and, and you know, the program, exactly. Mike, you, Mike, you were saying it, Sincere, probably said it too. Program, fuck, you, all three of us could take a donut and make people get in shape with lifting a donut. It's not the program. It's the mindset, right? And it comes back to what I want this to convey is that I, I doubled down and said, no, I know what I'm doing. I can heal this. And by the way, I told the doctor, I said, you know, 30 years ago, they would have just put a plaster cast on me and sent me home, you know, right. stay, stay off it, kid, go away. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the technology is to the point now where they've got it. So they want to use it. You know, um, I didn't get just an x-ray. I got an MRI and then I got some other thing. Really? You just need the x-ray, you know? And, uh, uh, as far as, you know, trying to convince people you, you'll never convince anybody of anything so it comes right back around to well look dude i'm going to do it this way i'll be back in 30 days and i'll prove my point now is the, is the leg still cracked yeah but that's just natural bone healing you know it knits itself back together and it's it's a it's a, it's over 60 percent knitted back together already i'm walking around without a crutch or a limp or a cane and uh Spent two hours doing my Kung Fu yesterday with my teacher, uh, worked out this morning, but I'm conscious of it, you know, and that's the other thing that people don't do. I'm conscious of how I step, how I move, you know, I'm not doing uh, heavy snatches, you know, I'm not doing, you know, clean impresses. I'm staying off it till it feels really solid, but, you know, you can walk take a Swiss ball, you do some squats, you know, simple shit. And 
nobody wants simple shit. They they either want a really complex, you know, system that they can buy from Sincere or Mike. You know, I, I need this really complex system with all this stuff, you know, and then they can come back later and bitch that it didn't work, you know, because it was really complex. Or you can just go, wait a minute, you know, walking, pull-ups, push-ups. What's better than those to stay in shape? Nothing. Don't eat crap. You know what I mean? Pay attention to yourself and 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 make make your health the priority every day, right? This is just like an insurmountable mountain to me to get people to even consider that. Other than the small universe that you guys live in and I live in, uh, even the doctors who should be proactive. This was just alien thinking to them, what I was saying, you know. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting when I get all this done and, and correlated and get all my data up together. And uh, like I said, we're going to do some filming today on it and try and make it fun, but also get that message out there that not just in this, you know, area, but in all areas, if you want to do something, First, you got to represent. I think it was Sincere was saying that earlier. You just got you have to be about that, right? If if you're going to be uh, out there hoping other people support you, you know, and you're not supporting them, or you're not confident in what you do, who gives a shit? People aren't going to respond to that, you know. And uh, it's it's vital that we, especially young people, we show them that look, there's cause and effect. You know, no, there is no fucking free lunch in this country, you know, in spite of what people are telling you, sooner or later, there's going to You're going to pay. Bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's going to be a bill and it's going to hurt, you know, and uh, it's like college. Ask these kids with these college loans. These poor bastards, I feel I feel sorry for them because the it, it's just going to be brutal when they have to come up with it, you know, and. You know, right now, oh, hey, you know, take out these loans and blah, 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 blah. And uh, it seems like a really, that's a whole other podcast. But so anyway, you know, the whole idea was to just also test my own shit, you know. Uh, and it's pretty cool to be able to show people that you can just take charge of your health. Your health, the thing that nobody pays attention to anymore, right? If you watch commercials, it's funny you guys were talking about commercials, but... Like regular TV commercials are all about, you know, uh, uh, either people can't shit right, their arteries are clogged, they've got diabetes, their dick doesn't work, and then the then the commercials right after that are beer and new cars. You know, it's like, right. <laughs> welcome to America, <laughs> man. <laughs> hey, man, your penis is not working. Then, hey, here's a hot chick with a beer in her hand. <laughs> she's like, exactly. Hmm, and she's in shape. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take this blue pill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. But and I think that's that's one of the first things that you can do in order to take charge of everything is, first of all, stop watching all those ads. Stop looking at that oh, because man. it's all about it's it's all mind control. It's all mind control and, and pocket control. It's coercion, just like you were saying about the doctors trying to get you to do all this other stuff because you know, one of the reasons why they're trying to do that, yes, of course, you know, they're gonna say, you know, they're doing it because, you know, they do no harm, I'm looking out for your health, blah, blah. But they're also looking out for all those those loans that they took out during med school that need to be paid oh, as too. well. And that lifestyle yeah, that they you know, have. 
<laughs> so it's just like, yeah, so, you know, just like you were saying back in the day, you just go in, they'll, you know, put a, plastic, put a cast on you until you get out of here. Whereas now, you, okay, we need to run this test. Okay, we need to do an MRI. We need to do all this. Meanwhile, what's really happening, you got what's called bill stacking. Because every time you got to go here and get this test and all this, just one more thing to add on to the bill. But so at the end of the day, it's just like, okay, so if it's something that was very minor, why did it end up costing me $200,000? For something that could have been place right then and there. <laughs> you know, first of all, just going into the emergency room by itself is already like a thousand or so right there. Just to just walk through that oh, no, door. I, so the, 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 exactly the cash register starts ringing. Yeah. The cash register starts ringing as soon as you get out of your car in that parking lot, get out of it, or when an ambulance comes to pick you up. It's like, all right, start the bill. Here we go. That's this, brother. <laughs> so, let me tell you what, let me tell you what it costs. It costs $5,000 to visit the emergency room. That's that's what it cost me five. It cost grand. you that. It cost you five G just to tell them like, no, nah, I got this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and, and to waste funny. an evening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm good. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, each visit to the just get X-rays. That's three hundred bucks. And right. And whatever that even that's okay, you know. But it's like if I wouldn't have taken charge of it, I'd be at twenty five thousand dollars right now, or right. maybe more. You know. Yeah, probably and a lot so, more than that. Yeah, you know it's it's that good news bad news thing. You know, Mike was talking to me about it earlier about technology. You know, right. it's like there's such a there's such a good part of it, and it and unfortunately people find the bad part of everything right away. You know, he was talking about a couple at a table, not even paying attention to each other. You know, just <laughs> on the phone. You know, just ignoring each other. At a dinner table, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's the same with the medical community. Here you got really smart people, want who want to do a really good job and help you, right? And that's what I found. And then they're also uh, sincere, like you're saying, they're culpable to that. Hospitals are businesses, you know. They're not community centers. They're businesses, and those fucking hospitals have to generate X amount of dollars. Or they go out of business. Simple, you know. So obviously, there's a bounty on people that come in that door and what they need to take off them, you know. Right. It's like walking in. You're almost just like walking to like a used car lot. Just like, oh, we got a new sucker. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Let's just see how we can yeah, run up man. the bills so they walk in you know, <laughs> really quick. No one's there Dude. trying to save. Come on. They're they're claiming to save you, but no one's trying to save you money at the same time. So it's like you got to make. Yeah. Well. Do you want to be saved I, I, or you want to save money? Which one is it? <laughs> so. Exactly. Well, you know, and you, like like you guys were saying, that's not the first thing on your mind. Like if I would have been really like jacked up, you know, and, and you know, uh, my bleeding and scarred and broken, I might have right. had a different outcome about that. But since I wasn't and they didn't recognize it either way, I had to take charge of it. And I don't want to come off – sounding at all like I don't appreciate how good these people are because they were really good. You know what? They, they were all kind. They were all smart. But but like I, I wrote in a blog, it's, it's like if you go to a, a – your car's not working right and you go to a brake specialist, even if they can't find out what's wrong, they're going to want to redo your brakes. Why? Because that's they, what you gonna, brought it in for. We do brakes here, They're going to find something. Yeah, they're going to find yeah. something. They're going to make something happen. Or just when you go in for a simple tune-up or something like that, it's always funny, like, oh, by the way, I'm like, nah, nope, no, 
<laughs> by the way, me funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't come in here for by the way, because I already know what that yeah. means. By the way, sounds expensive. Just in your because you already you already sound like you're remorseful because you 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 already know I'm probably gonna say no. So mm-mm, no, yeah, I don't right, want to hear right. that. You know, well, you know, it's about time for you. You might want to look at getting your blah 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 changed. Well, how I many? My next question is. Well, how long can I go before it needs to be changed, not want to be changed? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it could be like two days. It could be two years. It could be 10 years. I'm like, I'm going to go with 10. <laughs> okay. So well, I'm going on. It's, it's always a fear. It's always a fear-based protocol yeah. as well, where it's like, oh, man, your car's going to break down any minute now. It's eminent. You don't get this chance today. Like, you could be on the side of the road with a broken transmission. But somehow I ended up here. So I made it this far, so hey. hey I, I like testing fate, you know. Let's just see what happens, you know. And then if push comes to shove, I do have an Uber app. So if I need to get a ride, I'm good, son. Okay. But, you know, also, you know, people who are who are, are uh, self, real self-motivators, you know, we have a good intuitive nature. You know, if I would have thought yeah. something was really wrong, I would have known it, right? Same right. with you guys. It's like, right, you right. know, if they tell you something about your car, you go, yeah, that sounds like bullshit. It's bullshit. But if you go, huh, okay, we better take care of that. You know what I mean? They're not deciding for you. They're just, uh, you know, you got to listen to your they're fucking confirming. brain. They're confirming you know? what you already knew, and you, you probably exactly. just did not because you, you're like, because ah, one of two things is, is first of all, it's going to be very inconvenient. It's going to be inconvenient that either it's going to, well, it's going to cost, and it's also inconvenient because when you have to go get it repaired, there's the whole waiting thing. It's the whole. It's just like going to. The, it's like going to a hospital or going to a doctor. Yep. You know, you got to sit yep. there and wait before they even get around to you. Then when they get to you, you got to sit there and wait while they actually take care of it. Then once they do that, you got to wait for them to come and tell you how much it's going to cost, and then wait to pay for it or whatever else. Which I think is the worst thing. Don't ever make me wait to pay for something. So I'm, I'm sitting here with the card ready to go. You know, or I'll be with you in just a second. No, nah, don't start giving me options, buddy. Don't start giving me time to think how I can get out of here <laughs> and not have to yeah, take care no. of it. Yeah, they well, because they're just they have a protocol and that's it. And there's no room for, you know, free thinking in this yeah. protocol in the medical community. And so it was real fascinating, real eye opener and kind of also just take take something that could have, you know, fucked me up for three months and turn it into something that, you know, make a value out of whatever happens to you. Right. You know, it's like. Well, you can lay down and poor me, my bike's wrecked, my leg's wrecked, blah, blah, blah. Or you can just go, fuck it. What am I going to get out of this and get up and keep moving, you know? It's like that's the real missing link for today's youth. Keep moving. Get up off your ass and move forward. And and the idea of waiting around for something great to happen, right? You know, Or someone to take care of it. Or want someone to take care of it for it. You know, it's so like, no, again, rule number one, no one's coming to save you. Even when you yeah, think man. mom and dad are bailing you out, they're not bailing you out. They're not saving you. They're endangering you even more because you're becoming less self-reliant. So, so they're enabling you. So they're not saving you when you think they're saving you. So always remember that right? no one's coming to save you because no one really cares. They got their own stuff going on. <laughs> Yeah, you know, because once once you once you're past, you know, that legal age limit of, you know, going from a child to an adult. It's on you after that. It's a wrap. Everything you do is pretty much, these are your decisions now. These are your dreams. These are your goals. They're not mine. And, you know, my kids have always known us. Like, hey, once you take that tassel and move it to the other side of that, that graduation cap, 
That's when life begins for you. <laughs> that's when that tassel going to the other side is you crossing over to the other side. That's where the whole like, okay, you know, whenever you need advice, you know, I can be an advisor when you ask, but everything else is on you because now it's time for you to live your life. And yeah, you gonna have some bumps and bruises along the way, but that's how you learn. You're gonna have challenges. That's how you grow. You know, it's going to seem like it's impossible. That's how you're gonna know if you really want it or not. And that's where it should be. It's like you gotta like you gotta cut that cord, man, and quit making it so easy for little Timmy, you know, and Jenny or whatever else. Like you know, let them bust their ass a few times. I mean, you had to do it as a baby. You know, you you were crawling for a while, but then you stood up. And then the first few times you stood up, you busted your ass. You, then you finally learned how to walk, but it wasn't pretty. You were wobbly, and it was a couple times you end up cracking your skull on the floor again. You know, eventually you re- you realize as a child, as a baby, like you know what, that hurt. I don't like that. I'm going to get this exactly. walking thing down. This, is, this sucks. I'm going to stand here and hold on to this table first and work on my leg strength. I'm just going to kind of just bounce up and down for a little bit and, and build some strength in my in my lower body. All right, now I'm ready to kind of move or whatever else. Like, and, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. we're good now. Because falling sucks. Pain sucks. And the babies are not fans of that. <laughs> They're like, nah, I could be doing something better than this. Yeah, yeah. But it sucks. it's crazy how when we become adults, all of a sudden people love to stay in, in a painful place. Until it's pretty much too too much to bear, but it seems like pain becomes so normal. That's where they want to be. So when they're not in pain, they think something's wrong. Like you know, well, well this, it can't be this easy. It can't feel good. What, what's going on here? <laughs> so well, you know, we, yeah, they can because the doctor will shoot them a bunch of Ambien or uh, well, that's a true too. Of, mass you know, pain, Zoloft, <laughs> or you know, that's that's the disturbing thing. You know, you're a rare father. You know, your kids know the score. How many how many people? Like, do we know that have their children living in their basement or in their twenties? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that, I was like, uh, look, dude, I'm telling you, well, that, that's very, that's very look, common. Yeah, let me tell you that my I I vow to myself always elementary school is like, oh, the day after graduation, I'm out of this little small town with these people. What really motivated me is to be in your house and you always constantly hear your parents, from, in my case, my grandparents, you know, as long as you're in my house and under my roof, it's my rules. That was all the yeah. motivation I ever needed to get the <laughs> hell out of there. Because I'm like, you know what? So basically what you're telling me is really simple. Long, long as I don't live here, I can do what I want to do. Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, oh, it's on. It's my yeah. game on. And I'm telling you, the day after graduation, I was out. I never looked back. And basically what you were saying, like, you know, so many, you know, these parents, you know, they have their kids in their basement, whatever, and they want to enable them and all that. It's because it happened for them as well. It happened for them. Yeah. They, their parents treat them that way or, you know, the, their parents, you know, came at them like I did. And for some reason, they felt like that sucked. And, you know, how dare you make me go out and, and be an adult? And they're like, I just don't want my kids to have to deal with what I dealt with. Well, no, your parents gave you a gift by, you know, making you go out and figure it out on your own. So you don't, I think you're looking at it the wrong way. It's a little sense of entitlement there that uh, you need to let go of. So I always, you know, when I hear parents say like, oh, I don't want my kids to have to struggle like I did. Why not? <laughs> to my, look, look what you are now. Come on, that's, 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 that's life, man. That's growing. That's, yeah, that's you, never, you never see someone. You never see someone who's successful who's in that category either. It's like, oh, my kids didn't have to struggle <laughs> that's like that's me. true. Those kids are never right. successful. They're certainly not more successful than the parents. No. Not no, they all. never are. They never will be. And there also there's a component that I've noticed in some of them. There's a softness to them. You know, they're they're yeah. they're, they're soft. You know, and and what I mean by that is like. You, they're they're just fragile, you know. Like, 
when you like sincere was saying, you know, like, okay, I'm going to split when I'm 18, Austin and Yana, but you also accepted the fact that, Hey, some days, guess what? I don't have food money. Right. Well, that's the way it is. Yeah. Ramen noodles it is. Taco Bell it is. Like, let me tell you, man, my first couple years of college was all about ramen noodles and Taco Bell. Okay. But, you know, here here I am. Like, I always joke about it. Like, when people say, oh, you're vegan again. I was like, you know, yeah. Well, oh, you're vegan. I'm like, well, it's not the first time. I said, the first time it was by financial. No, it wasn't about compassion. It was because economically, that was my choice. It was like, it was way cheaper to have bean burritos and Taco Bell. Back then, when it was forty-nine cents, okay, that goes to tell you how it this had to be. Tricky. They were they're forty-nine cents funny. back then. <laughs> so I was stacked up, man. I get about four or five of those and put a couple of those in the fridge. I'm like, guess what I'll be eating in the morning when I wake up before I go to class? These cold bean burritos, you know. And then those ramen noodles, man. Like, come on, you talking about twenty for like a dollar? Oh, and you get creative with that with those things, man. You add your own seasonings, you know. Because so, yeah, but one thing about it, that's what helped me the person that yeah. I am now. And I'm a lot simpler with my lifestyle now because I wasn't but, being all extravagant, eating where I want to, whenever I wanted to, because I had an allowance and my parents put money in my bank account while I was in college. Like, no, it's like you need to get a work study job, buddy, along with that financial aid you were getting. And, you know, well, another thing was like no loans. And I told my kids the same thing. No loans. If you have to get a loan to go to college, you don't need to go to that college. It's, just very, it's very simple. Because there's no sense of you going in debt before you even get out into the real world. So don't end up being like these other statistics or whatever else. You don't have to. And and here's another thing, parents. You know, maybe little Johnny doesn't need to go to college. Maybe he needs to go to a technical school and learn a trade. Because we need more of that. We don't need another English lit major in the world, okay, or women's studies major in the world. You know, you want women's studies? It's real simple. It's just like, you know what, get around some women and, as a dude, shut up and just listen. Yep. Okay? Yep. There you go. And I guess that's, yep. they're gonna, that's a free course right there, <laughs> right there. But otherwise, go learn a trade, man. Learn how to use your hands. Learn how to, learn how to change your own oil or something like that. You know, learn how to so how about, take an engine out of a car. Say- or how about just not select your career by by how much you can make? How about that? You know, exactly. They <laughs> don't even equate enjoying. You know, like look if you something you're actually your life, excited about doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. They don't even think about that. That's not even on their dinner plate. It's like well, here's well, the kicker. Here's the kicker with that though. Here's the kicker: is like you're thinking about a career and how much you can make in that career, and you go to college to pursue that, and then when you get out, you realize. All that money you thought you would have made from that one career is how much debt you end up going into by going to try yeah. to get that degree. It's like, oh, I can make a hundred thousand dollars, you know, by you know becoming this, that, and the other. And then when you graduate and you look at that student loan bill, like a hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> just like, whoa, what just happened here? What so, just fucking happened? Yeah, man. I mean, and, and it cycles right back around to what we were talking about, but it's it's uh 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 it's all it's just too much about the technology and money nowadays. You know, it's like the the world's bigger you know there's a there's a some real gratification you know sincere like when you're talking about i split and i went and made it on my own well i did that mike's made it on his own and did it suck you bet <laughs> you know and and people are afraid to admit that there's really bad sucky parts no it sucks and hey man embrace the sometimes. suck man. <laughs> yeah but you know you know what the interesting is i didn't i didn't think that it sucked while i was doing it you know if i look back no you don't now, know some of the things i'm like wow that really sucked but while when i was loading up a, a rental car with 30 kettlebells to drive to new york city to teach a course because no facility yeah, had kettlebells and then you got to lug it up several flights i didn't 
I mean, yeah, it sucks to think about it now, but at the time, it was just what you had to do to get the job that's done. That's right. That's right, Mike. And and that's what I meant to say is that uh, we'd, we'd all do that again. I mean, I'm kind of doing it again now with this filming stuff. I'm starting from scratch. And uh, right. like, like I said, this thing I got to go to after I'm done with you guys is like, it's like I'm humbling myself. I got to go do, you know, grunt work with these guys so I can get some cachet, you know, some, 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 uh, some trade time. And you just do what you have to do. It's supposed to sit around the coffee shop and go, well, you know, if I could get financed, you two, I could go do this, you know, <laughs> get uh, investors need money. <laughs> yeah. You know. And if I get a, like, I, yeah, I get a, you know, a, you know, some VC money, I'll be good, man. You know, I yeah. have this great idea. It's like that stuff actually right. is counterproductive, right? Because if someone just gives you a bunch of money, you you're automatically comfortable and soft. When when you don't have the money coming in, you have to use guerrilla marketing techniques. You have to be yep. very creative about how you get yeah. stuff done. And ultimately, those methods are more even when you have money to spend those methods are still going to be what you go to to build your business, the ones you did when you didn't have a budget because they're the most effective. Yeah, and they're, and they're the ones you're going to know the best because you had to invent them to get where you needed to go, you know. Exactly. It, now, it, look, you created a system now, and guess what? Creating a system is pretty much that is one of the keys to success. It's like you, you figured oh, yeah. it out. And now you can replicate it no matter where you go. And that's one of the things like right. you know, I'm always talk, you know, talking to my son about this. Like He's like, you know, okay, so now doing this, you know, <clears throat> self-defense and personal protection stuff is like, you know, is it harder than when you were, a, you know, a, a, a trainer? Or is it harder when you were DJing or when you were working for record labels? Like, no, because I developed, I figured out the system when those first careers. So pretty much right. just with the marketing and approach of whatever else and knowing what I have to do. Like, and that's the beauty. Every time you start something new, you're pretty much, Starting at zero, but you're not really starting at zero because you've got the skills to make it work. And that's right. that's why so many business people end up being successful. They can go into any industry and, and just replicate it again. They can lose it all and, and build it again when they've done it themselves. That's why you see so many of these people who are like, oh, he, you know, he built this multi-billion dollar company and then he sold it. And, you know, they had him for the chairman for a while, but then he got fired from his own company and, well, now he started another company, and now it's another multi-billion-dollar company because he had a system in place because he did work from the very start in that first company. It wasn't just handed to him. So, like I said, get a system in place, and you know, of course, there's going to be some times you got to make it amend to whatever the environment is. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a foundation to it that you can always go back to that's going to help you move forward. And that goes with business. That goes with your training as well. So, you know, even with you, Ron, it's like, yeah, you. You've had an injury. You had a broken leg or whatever else. Now, here's the thing. When it gets completely on the mend, you know, of course, when you go back in and train, you're not going to be 100% where you were before you have the injury. Yet, you know how to get back there once again. Hell, if anything, you might even do far better, but, you know, after the injury than you did prior to the injury. You know, because it's just, it makes you even more focused on and being in the moment that's, as well. Yeah, exactly. that injury that's going the on. goal. Yeah, that's the goal. And I was thinking while you were saying that, since you're, you know, there's there's one component you, you left out, and that's people like you and and Mike. It's it's drive. You know, there's it's it's like this invisible thing. You know, I, there's just a drive that gets you out of bed in the morning to just go do it, right? It, I'm not even sure it's a conscious thought of success or failure. It's a conscious thought of, oh, this is just what I do. So if you take a yes. Elon Musk or a Steve Jobs or somebody. I guarantee you, money ain't their fucking driving component. They're oh yeah, especially at, especially at, especially at that level. Once you've made 
a ton of money like that, you're not going to work hard just to make even more money that you can't spend. <laughs> right. It has to be something. No, no. It has to be something deeper that's driving you. But ultimately, it comes down to something really simple. It's just what you want to do. I mean, we talked right. about that last week, last episode, where people fail on New Year's resolutions most of the time because 100% of the time, it's a goal they don't really care about achieving. Yeah, it just sounds good. And that's what they've heard everyone else say. So they don't want to, either <laughs> one that sticks out, you know, it's just like, well, you know, I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to start the gym, you know, starting January 1st. And, you know, that's their friends. And then you're looking like, man, look, I'm just over here. Like, I'm trying to get rid of cable and just, you know, just zero in just on Netflix. <laughs> you know, save about, I want to save a hundred dollars a month on that. That's my goal. But, you know, that doesn't sound as sexy as I'm going to start going to the gym every day. He's <laughs> like, look, you know, saving, saving money and cutting, you know, cutting costs doesn't sound as sexy compared to your friends who just want to, you know, I, I just want to go and lose five pounds. You know, well, <laughs> right, right. You should be thinking like, well, first of all, you start by cutting costs. Instead of spending so much money eating out, start there and you'd be surprised how the, the first five pounds will come right off when you start making your own food. And cooking for yourself. It's like, oh, I didn't even go to the gym for twice this week, but I still lost five pounds. How many times did you eat out this week? None. Well, there's a start. <laughs> you know, and there's some motivation there. Yeah. Because once you see some changes, it'll make it'll really motivate you. Like, well, shit, if that's working, right. You know, let me keep doing this. Let me go another week. To my, you know, I'm going to cook for myself. You know, three more times during the day, and just see. Yeah, that's there. why whenever, whenever, whenever you have a goal, you want to have some early success. It could be small, but it's got to be some early success within, let's say, the first week you start the goal because that's what's going to motivate you to keep going. You start a business, let's say, when I first started my fitness business, I landed a really good interview with Frank Shamrock before I even got fired from my last job. That was in the book, so I'm going to be talking to him next week, interviewing him for publication. And that was extremely motivating. The longer it takes to get that first success, that's when it becomes a battle of attrition, and every yeah. battle of attrition ends the same way you lose. And when you start looking for that little thing of success, don't start thinking that, you know, whatever that end goal is that you've made up in your head, don't let that be in your mind what the first inkling of success look like in whatever you're doing. Right. It's like, right. you know, hey, man, I'm about, to, you know, I'm about to start this, you know, this this firearm instructor business, man. And, you know, I want to have a classroom of 50 people, you know, to get the concealed carry license, you know, my first class. Like, no, nah, bro, it's going to probably end up being one of your relatives who needs, you know, they own a business and they, they make nightly deposits or whatever else. And, you know, they've, or they've almost gotten robbed or they they want to feel a little bit more secure. Hell, it might even be your wife just so, you know, she can feel more secure when you're not around. That might be your first student. And you may not get paid for that with money, but you get paid with the experience and it's probably best that you do it with someone you know because you can start working out the kinks before you that's get in right. front of a room of fifty people. So that's you know, what I was about to say. Fifty. You're not even. You're not even. You don't even have the skill set to handle fifty people that early <laughs> right. in the game. So that, that that would be the worst thing that could happen to you. Is that? <laughs> I mean, I think about the first workshop I ever taught. I mean, it was fine at the time and people enjoyed it, but. I'm sure if someone filmed it and I watched it now, I'd be like, man, I really suck back then. Because it was the first one. You're not going to be that great. Now, imagine I mean, if I say- had 50 people. If I, I only had eight people at that course, which I was really happy about, by the way. I wasn't disappointed in the least. I was happy that anyone was willing to pay, come out and see me. And, and learn. I was just so happy to be doing something I wanted to do for once. And people actually were enthusiastic about coming out. Right, know? right. If two, if two people showed up, I would have been happy. But if Fuck 50 yeah. people showed up, I would have been overwhelmed. And those 50 people might have left and said, man, that guy really sucks. 
<laughs> you know, the right. word gets out, and you don't even get two people at the next court. <laughs> so, I mean, exactly. you, well, you, know, you don't want that level of success initially, that's for sure. I mean, we feel yeah, about that you know, with this show. It's like, we listen to those first episodes compared to now, you know, 220 yeah, episodes yeah. later. You know, we can go back and listen right. to the first episode. I listen to it every now and then just to, as a reminder. Like, don't get comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Don't get comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, it, yeah. I, I know you guys feel like you nailed that show, but before you feel good about that, listen to episode one. In fact, listen to episode four. In fact, listen to episode 12 and a half. Where's that one? Well, you had to can that one. That one sucked. It never made it. You guys never you never uploaded that one. That's why. You know, you have it on your computer. Go listen to that one more time and, and realize why you never did upload that episode. <laughs> Honestly, with the podcast, you're, you're not going to get you're not going to get comfortable. And I use and I mean, like the first stage of comfort until 25 episodes in. Once you've got 100 in, that's when you start getting confident and you start getting into a flow. You start realizing, okay, and I'm not even saying you're great at 100. You're just starting to get good at 100. You know, it, it takes a long time before it becomes massive. Because now you've, you've pretty much created a system as well, just by the whole process right, of you right. know, getting it all together, bringing guests in, doing the production. You've got a flow going, and now you've got a system where sometimes it may have taken, like, you know, just – or maybe taking like a month just to get one guest on, you know, and going back and forth with them to knowing like, you know what? We've done enough shows where, okay, well, while you're getting your schedule together, I'm going to go ahead and reach out to this person, get this person, this person, and start lining people up. Where you pretty much now, you're done for the whole year as far as guests are concerned. And you've got alternates just in case those, you know, something goes wrong with those guests because you put that system in place. Or production-wise, you know, where it may have taken you two two hours or so, you know, to, to do the post-production on the show, you know, and that can take you less than like, oh, okay, this will take me about 20 minutes. Because you've got things in place now, it's just some swapping out. It's kind of like what people just like writing or whatever else. Like, okay, I know how to format this and how to make this happen. Even with a blog, you do it long enough, you can just go right in. There's some people, man, they they just put out content like it's nothing on a daily basis. I'm like, damn. I was like, man, but again, that's what they love to do. That's what they love to do. That's what it really comes to. When we sit there and go, man, how's this guy constantly putting out good content every freaking day for like the last five, six, ten years? Because that's what they love to do. They love to write. That's what it is. That's something that they're excited to do, no matter what. And they can just look around. Hell, they drop their spoon into, like, their cereal bowl. They can find something to blog about with that and, and, and make it stick to whatever their topic is and what their theme is. Because they, they know what they're looking for. They, they're so tuned in and so zeroed in on what it is that, you know, gets them going. <clears throat> so that's what it comes down to, man. Like I said, being excited about something. You'll you'll have probably far more content. It's, it's like musicians, you know, someone like Tupac, Prince, and all these other guys. They're gonna be releasing albums, man, on those guys forever. Because yeah, while they were alive, we heard certain albums, but they were so they would love what they did so much that they were constantly in the studio twenty four seven. Sometimes you couldn't even get them out of the studio. They were just constantly recording. They just have all this this back catalog of just all this music that's gonna be around forever, man. And a lot of times. That's what they want to do. That's what they, they actually know what it means to be mortal. For the fact is, I'm gonna keep creating the stuff that they, this stuff is gonna last forever, even when they're they realize they're gonna be physically out of here. And so that's the thing about it. It's like hell, they're still dropping better content dead than most people. Most of these artists who are alive trying to drop an album every couple of years, like oh man, that album sucks. Or even movie stars, it's just like oh man, you need to kind of take a break. You, you're doing too much. You know, we're, we're kind of over you now. <laughs> so. You know, so you got to think about that, man. When you just dialed in, you you don't have to worry about like, am I going to have enough content? And will I have enough people or whatever else? You know, to your seminars, whatever. You dialed in, people are going to get excited. and They're going to be there, and they're going to tell other people, bring other people with them. And you don't have to worry about the numbers. 
it'll just happen. Well, that's really it'll true. You know, I, I, uh, I was thinking about when Mike was saying he was so glad when his first workshop worked out, you know, he had kettlebells, you took them into the second level. Right. And, um, when I introduced kettlebells to the twin cities, uh, I went from station, uh, firehouse to firehouse with kettlebells to introduce them to the firefighters. Right. And, uh, didn't get paid very much, you know, just, just did it. That learning curve, it sucked. But like you were saying <laughs> at the time, you don't know it sucks because I was digging it. I was teaching, you know what I mean? And it was this cool tool. And by the time I opened my school, I, I had my school on Washington Avenue. Uh, and by the time I, I got to that and opened it up, you know, on average, I had 80 people a night come in. I do one huge class every night and five nights a week. And there would be lines around the block, but I never saw that. And I didn't, that wasn't the goal. You know what I mean? Right. The goal was, right. no, I just dig doing this and you guys are going to love this shit. And by the way, here's how we're, you know, we're going to go across a busy crowded street all together. This will be fun. Here come the police. And then it just, it just <laughs> escalates. You just start having fun. you know. And, and, it, and then the cops start coming and get to know you. And it's like, it was a scene, man, and, and I could have planned none of it. This is back to... And I, I, would ven- I would venture to say that it was your enthusiasm that people bought onto more than the kettlebells, because a lot of people exactly. started to do kettlebell stuff, and it, went, it didn't go anywhere because the enthusiasm wasn't there. They just thought it was a cool thing to do. It's like, oh, kettlebells are... That's what people are using now. Let me get into that. Right, they right. Didn't have it. They didn't have any... Mm-hmm. It makes the money. About it. They didn't train with kettlebells themselves, and they didn't have any enthusiasm whatsoever. Right. No, I, I just, yeah, and that, that's to your, both your points. It's like um, whatever whatever it is your thing is, you know what I mean? That's your thing. And and, it, and if you allow it, it'll take you to wherever you want to go, you know? Uh, like Sincere's talking about, you know, uh, doing his classes and stuff. When that's ready to really go, dude, you'll have to do nothing. It'll just happen. You'll get a phone call one day and they'll say, hey, we need this guy to do this you know anybody and you'll go got him and it'll be you you know and right. shit always works like that but you got to do the work prior which is exactly. carry the kettlebell two flights and then i mean you're not gonna and then you're also not gonna have opportunities unless you're out there like for example you gotta always, be out I used there to do, i used well i used to do a lot of international courses and steve cotter our mutual friend he was very yeah. instrumental in helping me out with that because he went over he went over. He went over first and just started traveling the world, and that opened the doors for. So yeah, Michael. <laughs> okay, you're dropped, Brad. I know you're about to get on. You know, oh, I you know. Talking about Steve. I've had probably uh, technical difficulties here, but yeah. Long story short, if you want to teach international courses, you got to get out there and teach an international course. So you get your first yeah. one. Once you get your first one, other people see that you're out there doing it. No one, know, no one knows that you want to teach international courses unless you're actually doing them. They can't read your mind. For all they know, you could care less. Right. So once they see you do a few, other things lined up. So I would, I would say, okay, I'm teaching in Australia. And then three other parts of Australia would say, why don't you come out here and teach a course while you're here? Sure. 15 hours yeah. life. Yeah. Why not? Spend a couple of weeks out there. And then Singapore would call it, hey, you're in Australia. Why not stop on Singapore on the way back? New Zealand. Why not stop here? Now, not all of them worked out, but the opportunities, the discussions were coming into play. None of those things would have happened unless people knew you were actually out there. So I ended up seeing a good chunk of the world a second time as an adult. I did it with my parents as a kid, but as an adult, I was able to go to South Africa, Dubai, 
Australia, all over Europe, Panama, because people saw you out there doing it. So it goes like anything else. You want to, you want to teach kettlebell courses? Well, you got to teach your first one. That means if you have to do it for free, that's fine. I did the same thing you did, Ron. I I taught classes for volunteer firefighters just to get yeah. my feet wet, just just to get the skill set of teaching. Because my attitude is, look, if these guys think I suck, that's okay because they're not paying. You know, no one right. has to know that I did that. But it was right. a way to get your confidence up, get your feet wet, make some contacts. And they all loved it. So that gave me a lot of confidence. I'm like, wow, okay, I've, I've really got something going here. So now I can start charging people. I can get this ball rolling. Just like writing articles, same thing. You want to be a published writer? You write an article, you get it published. Write another one, get it published. You can write a ton yep. of articles for websites where you're not even getting paid, but you're getting exposure, and that's going to lead to paid monetized opportunities. But you yep. have to be out there doing stuff. No one, no one can know. It's like, oh, man, I've got this big dream of, of being a fitness professional. Like, okay, well, who knows about it besides your closest friends and family? Oh, no one. It's like, well, no one's going to help you or provide opportunities for you if they don't know that you even want to be in the game. Right. Right. Well, that comes back to the original thing of, of, of the conversation a couple hours ago is, you know, the impetus to just do it, right? Like, everybody can talk a tough game, but getting off the fucking couch, you know, and writing an article and, and knowing that it's going to get probably rejected a hundred times, that takes balls, you know? And uh, just, there's just got to be a better way. You know, you, you've got to help people accept failure. Failure is like the, right. the secret and component. If you don't experience failure, you can't have drive. You know, like yeah. sincere saying, you know, how can you have any drive if it doesn't matter to you? Mom, exactly. That's exactly right. If there's nothing on the line, then why are you going to be excited about it? Why do it? Failure, failure yeah. also teaches you your commitment level because you fail. Let's say the first time you try something, it doesn't work out. You're like, oh, I'm never going to do it again. Well, that means you didn't really care. But all of it, if it only took one setback for you to throw in the towel. You know, how right. committed are you to achieving this day? You think that was going to be the only setback along this journey? Like, a, <laughs> there's never going to be another one? It's going to be, you, you, you just have to go into it expecting it. Yeah. Right. Well, but when know, I first came out with my testosterone, my, my testosterone booster took three years to come out with. Now, it didn't take three years because I was doing R&D for three years. <laughs> you know, I knew what the formula was going to be within the first year. It took so long because it was a new world for me. I didn't understand how I didn't I had no understanding of how it works. There were a lot of moving parts. Now, I relied too much on other people to do that work for me. And the whole thing was a big clusterfuck. Once I took the reins and figured out, okay, here's the bottling and capping company. Here's where you get the raws. Here's where you get the labels. Here's how you get everything together. Then it's a very easy process to replicate. You can replicate it indefinitely. But when you don't know what you're doing initially, there's going to be impediments. There's going to be roadblocks. And the only reason I stayed the course, because that was a long time to have nothing to show for it, is because I was very committed. I was like, this is a great product. I'm benefiting from it. Friends that have used the formula love it. I got to get this out there. So you were just tenacious on it until it got out there. And it was a huge success. It was such a success that I was able to pivot my business and move away from all the courses and other things I was doing, online, personalized programs, and so forth, and go into a whole new territory and have success there. But you know, Mike, the, the the there's an even finer point that you need to give yourself credit for is that 
something, you know, no one, I didn't call you and say, Hey, Mike, come on, get out of bed today. You, you can get through this. You can, you know, you, you just, you, you got out of bed. You went, okay, these fucking morons at the bottle company, they got to go, you know, and that means I got to get delayed. And that means this, and that means this, you know, it's like about being able to be honest with yourself, you know, uh, that's hard. People don't like being honest to begin with. And then to be honest about your own shit, that's a real tough sell for people, you know. When I when I got the first batch of the testosterone booster, I was horrified. It looked like shit. I mean, the bottles looked, the labels were terrible. The labels looked like someone something someone printed out on a piece of paper and then just glued on. <laughs> you know, the bottle, it looked terrible. <laughs> it didn't look remotely professional. I mean, fortunately, the formula was fine, so people took it and they were they were excited about it because it worked. But I was like, this does not rep. This does. This is not a high. It doesn't look high quality, and I don't like that. I want a very clean, high quality product delivered to the customer, not something that looks like something I put together in my garage. Fortunately, it was a small bat. <laughs> you know, fast. All of a sudden, your Mike Mahler Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got the printer in my garage. Pretty got labels yeah, one baby. at a time. With, the bottom, with, El- with Elmer's glue, you know, like when kids cut classes out, <laughs> sending out oh, one bottle at a time. Excellent. But this yeah, is because yeah. I really on someone else to take care of it. Like, oh, yeah, I know a good company. I'm like, okay, good. Let's go with it. That was Honestly, that was laziness on my part because – or too much trust in someone else, maybe a combination of both. But once I took charge of it, it got better with each batch because I had, I had other companies that started off good and they weren't that great along the way either. There would be long delays. I wouldn't be happy with the finished products. It, it, now I finally have a company that's great in terms of the price, the customer service. I know the guy well who runs it, the bottling and capping company. So it's, but it, it takes time to get to this point. But brother, that's learning curve. And that's what we're talking about. You know, guys like us stick out the learning curve. Everybody else wants it now. You know, oh, yeah. fuck, you know, it goes to what I said. Though. If it's something you really want to do, you're going to you're going to blast through all of those things. You just get those are just going to be inconveniences on the way yeah, of your, you to, to your destination. If any of those things it. cause you to just throw in the towel, that means you weren't committed at all. This is something where you didn't even want to do it. If someone just told you it was a good idea. It's like, hey, man, you should start selling supplements now. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> I can make a lot of you put together some crappy formula and the first batch looks like shit the whole thing's a clusterfuck and you give up <laughs> you know? yeah man well listen how many people do that with, with you know I always think of this uh, you always see uh, uh, especially up here we got a lot of coffee shops you know like hipster coffee shops and they come and go because you know damn well somebody's sitting around going Oh, you know what would be oh, great, you know, Mike? Great. Here? We should start a coffee shop, you know, and we could sit around and have coffee. You know, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> what a novel idea. <laughs> yeah. And, and then they go out of business and they don't know why. Well, you, you, at least come up with something like, you know what, man? I'm never, wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be cool if we had a nice coffee shop, which is also a strip club? No one's ever done that before. You know, at least you make espressos. I think this is a genius idea, Mike. <laughs> get a good I cup of coffee and you have to look at some fruiters too while you're waiting in line to get your coffee. Now, here we go. That's an idea. Let's go with it. Hey, man. We get two espresso, yeah. two espresso minimum, bro. This is two espresso minimum tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I ordered a latte. 
<laughs> in tea or permit tea, you got to have two drinks here. You know? Oh my god! All I know is that all I know is I never order a latte in a strip club, coffee shop. No, it's like where's, no. where's this milk coming from, man? Each each of our dancers drinks coffee with fenugreek in it, which improves lactation. <laughs> yes. You don't have to pay for creamer. It's all built in the business. You don't have to pay for creamer. You, you just have you, to put you want room for cream? I'm like, no, I'm good, man. Fill it to the top. I'm good. And, and oh, that's okay. produced at free range. You know, no antibiotics. Come on. All of our milk is local. <laughs> in fact, it's right back in the dressing room. <laughs> produced right now. Yeah. Candy, front and center, please. <laughs> but, you, know, it's a, you know, it's a good example of, of a restaurant done well. In, out here in Vegas, there's a, a vegetarian, a vegan restaurant called Veggie Nation. And they opened up one on Fremont years ago, and it did really well. It a, it's a hip place. The food's very good. But they also opened up one over on my side of town in Henderson. Now, same thing. The restaurant's hip. The food is very good. But the customer service is exceptional. I mean, two times I've been there where my meal was delayed or maybe it was overcooked and they had to do it again. Both times the manager came out, apologized personally, insisted on waiving the fee for the meal, or gave me a free dessert. You know, one of the, you always wanted to do something to make up for it. You know, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't complaining. I wasn't like, oh, come on. It's, I have to sit here for another right. 15 minutes. Right. Pretty laid back guy when it comes to stuff like this. Mistakes happen. No big thing. But I thought that was great on his part to take the initiative. And just offer something extra. Because That's a guy I'm who understands the, business. He understands yeah, public relations. And I always see this guy walking around the restaurant whenever I'm in there, just talking to customers at each table. You can tell this guy loves what he's doing. And he wants people yeah. to be happy. He wants to have a good experience. Well, especially in a scene like that, you know, uh, or in jobs that we do. You know, if people get the right. idea that we're not interested, we're out of work, you know, and, yeah. and who can blame them? You know, fuck, who wants to listen to us if we don't know what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, people want to know you actually care. And honestly, when I come across people that are enthusiastic about what they're doing, I find it inspiring. You know, I like to see that, well, too. Sure. That's what, that's what we're, we're here for is, is to really try and motivate and, and educate. But also, you know, it, it's just it, it comes back to this thing I just keep seeing where, you know, people are. You know, there's a whole generation not being honest to a younger generation about, look, if you want a lot out of your life, some of it's going to suck. So just deal with it, you know, and nobody, everybody's got to win and nobody wins all the time. And the sooner you find that out, the much happier life you'll be. You know, it's like you find out you've got camaraderie and failure, you feel better about yourself. It doesn't mean you should be okay with failing. It means Oh, I got some good company like Steve Jobs, like John Coltrane, like uh, Hunter S. Thompson, like you name it. Every one of those guys who was brilliant failed miserably, you know. Right. I mean, ep- epic, like people hated them, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> yeah. that only drove them, you know. And so that's the lesson to learn, you know, get in the suck and and handle it, you know, and. And, and also to and, and get over trying to make everyone happy and everyone like you, because in order to be successful, you're going to have haters. So anyone is yes. a people pleaser, anyone is a people pleaser, 
is not going to be successful. Their their life That's is mediocre at best. They're never going to climb up the ladder because they're afraid. First of all, they're afraid to say that one special word that gives you the most power. No. <laughs> That's the thing about it. People don't understand, understand how empowering that word is. When you start saying no to more things, man, you can get a lot more things done. Because well, most really? things don't matter, and people are constantly saying yes to a lot of things that don't matter. And because they don't want to ruffle feathers, they don't want anybody to be pissed off. They want to be like, look, man, at the end of the day, most people don't like themselves. So what makes you feel like you're any more special than they are? They're with themselves all day long. You know, they may encounter you for a few hours a day. So why should they give you special treatment and like you more than they love themselves? So just, just go in knowing that, you know, it doesn't matter whether they like you or not. It's like, does this make you feel good? Did you do the right thing? That's what yeah, it really right, exactly. Just, first of all, remove your freaking emotions from everything. Quit being so emotional, detached, I mean, attached to everything. It's like, oh, I have to, you know, I want them to like me because that's how I feel good. No, man, I want to be in control. That's what <laughs> makes me feel good. The fact of knowing that, you know what? Yeah, that sucked. Yeah, he's pissed off at me. But at the end of the day, I spoke my truth and I didn't lie to him. And, you know, and however this guy may have taken whatever I said or whatever I did, it's none of my business because that's out of my control, how he responds right. to whatever I said or did. You know, all I know is I feel better because I got that crap off my chest and I'm good now. That's how I felt. I honored my feelings and I'm ready to move on. If he can't move on, that's his problem. Big deal. Most people think like, oh, my God, you know, that's so heartless. Actually, that, that's what keeps your heart pumping. That's not heartless. <laughs> that's what keeps the heart going because most people, they have heart attacks and suffer and everything else because they hold stuff in because they don't want to ruffle feathers. And so that's what's heartless right there, man, by not speaking what you feel when you when you yeah. feel that you're being right. And those those are moments you always remember. Those are always moments you remember too, where you gave someone some hard truth or someone gave you some hard truth. Those really stick out. Yeah. Ten years later you'll remember yep. that. I was like, man, I remember when that that conversation, that intense conversation we had. There was a, a friend of ours who passed away from cancer, Jace Nyborg. He was on the show mm -hmm. Maybe about a year before he passed away. Really good guy. It was really heartbreaking when he passed. But I remember long before we did the podcast, he and I would exchange emails. And then I won't get into all the details about one heated discussion we had where I was angry about something and he tried to give his side of the story. And I basically squashed it. And he, got, he and I got into this really heated discussion by email and went back and forth for a while. And then finally, I saw where he was coming from. So rather than just keep fueling the flames. I was like, you know what? I thought about what you're saying and I see your point. So let, let me tell you my point in a very unemotional way so you can see where I'm coming from. And he got it as well. And we ended up becoming really good friends. Even we never met in person, but we were very good friends as a result of that very intense, honest dialogue. He even brought it up when he came on the show. Yep. So, I mean, that that level of honesty is really important. Otherwise, you just have a bunch of superficial people around you. They're not even friends of yours. They're acquaintances. Most of the people right. that – a lot of people are like, oh, I'm good friends with so-and-so. It's like, oh, please, you're, you're an acquaintance at best. <laughs> you know? you, you've never had any honesty you know whatsoever between the two of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You guys met each other once and said hello. You know of each other. You know, you don't truly right. know each other. Right. Something like, yeah, I know so-and-so. No, you know of him, bro. You don't truly know him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, like until a, that's until all the politeness falls off and some honest dialogue comes in, then you start really getting to know someone. Exactly. Yeah. Well, then it, then there's depth. You know, then you've got some validity to a relationship. You know what I mean? And there you, you go. Because so first of all, you have that respect. There's the respect yeah. right there. Even when you don't agree on things, it's like if the respect is there, 
then whether you agree or disagree on things doesn't even matter because you realize, like, hey, this is a good dude. And I know even if he says something that I don't agree with, I know it's not coming from a bad place. You know, and it's well, kind of like just get back to what Mike and Jake, you know, with their situation. If, you know, once, you know, everybody took a breather and took a step back, you realize, like, well, this dude's not trying to be like an asshole toward me. It's like this is where he's coming from due, due to his experience and doesn't change who this person is as a person, especially with, you know, in relationship to me or whatever. And that's what a lot of people have yeah, to do. Everybody takes things so freaking personal. Yeah, they're just being willing to admit you're wrong, too, because once I saw his side of you, I'm like, well, look, here was my intention. So I, 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 didn't, I came off across to you in a way that was unfair. So I apologize for that. He's like, yeah, I apologize to you. You know, I was just mad because you said this. And then we had this little honest exchange, and it was all good. You know, we worked it out rather than a F you, man, F you, and then we don't talk to each other. <laughs> right. and you have this passive-aggressive you have this passive aggressive experience going forward where someone talks right. smack about you but not saying your name directly, but everyone knows they're talking about you, you know. Exactly. They really put that shit social media all the time. But like, look, man, if you're gonna talk shit about me, say my fucking name. Don't just exactly. don't just allude to it. Don't insinuate, you know? Well, I don't like this yeah. one kettlebell that, structure. I'm not gonna say his, I'm not gonna say his name, but he's got a shaved head and a black and white goatee and a burn scar in his face. Like, oh, I'm I wonder what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think I think a lot can be said, man, like, about the four agreements, you know, by Don Miguel Ruiz. You know, just those four things. I think if people adhere to those four agreements, their lives would be so much better. And a lot of the stuff could be avoided. Like, number one is, like, don't take things personally. That right there solves almost everything. That one, and don't make assumptions. Yeah. If you just get those two right there, you don't even have to worry about the rest. Okay, the other two. You just get those two because most things that go sideways in the world is due to people taking things personally and and people making assumptions. You know, from our world leaders to just your next door neighbors, hell, to your freaking wife and to yourself. You know, you don't have to worry about the other two as far as, you know, just being impeccable with your word and doing your best, which they're very important as well. But most times, like I said, it's it's those first two that I mentioned that really screws things up because people take things personally. Like, dude, that has nothing to do with you. Even when someone says something about you, it's not them saying anything about you. It's really saying something about them because they're speaking from their experience and how they're perceiving it. And a lot of times they didn't even ask you, you know, what you really meant by that. And even even when they do, a lot of times they're not even asking you to actually hear what you're saying. They're asking you so they can so they can interject with what they want to say. They're just waiting their turn to talk. And not necessarily truly trying to understand where you were coming from with that and try to get an understanding. So that's what people need to understand. It's like, look, man, even when somebody says, you know what, since here's a hater, I can't stand that dude, blah, 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 blah. Well, first of all, I know who I am. I'm not a hater. You know, so therefore I'm not going to get offended when someone says that. You know, so I'm, I'm not going to get all pissy and like, well, why are you calling me a hater? You know, how dare you? Oh, don't, I'm offended. First of all, I'm not getting offended. <laughs> At first, because I know who I am. But then I'm going to look at who said it. And then I'm going to be like, ah. Eh, you know, basically, they're, they're projecting. <laughs> you know, most times that's what they're doing. They're, that's pretty much because they're hating themselves and they hate their lives. And they look over and see what we're doing or see what I'm doing. And, like, they want to do that, you know, which is not even all that because they don't even know what they're looking at half the time. Again, they're looking at the, they're looking at the shine after. they never seen what actually went into getting to where I am at this point. So, therefore, you know, I don't take it personally. I don't make an assumption that, you know, they know me. And I get on with my life. And, you know, if they know what's good for them, they should do the same thing. Otherwise, they're going to be miserable because once I ignore them, they're going to end up saying the same thing about someone else until they finally get down to the source of their real problem, which is themselves. And that's what it really comes down to. So, yeah, man, just take that first agreement and really work on that for 2018. You know, don't take things personally. Start right there. 
So it, it, it'll save you a lot, <laughs> a lot of time, a lot of grief, you know, so therefore you can suffer in the things that you like, you know, starting a new business and, you know, just taking those bumps and bruises. But they're worth yeah. it. Though. Well, you know, I always, I always like to, to remind people that, you know, nobody wakes up thinking about how you're going to do. You guys are great, but I don't think <laughs> yeah. what Sears doing this morning. You know what I mean. And also, the, the other thing to remember is but you, you don't you don't want to know what he does in the morning, so that's exactly. probably a healthy behavior. But the other thing is, is, is it's kind of the, the Zen philosophy. Is, it's it's at the end of the day, it's just the end of the day. You know what I mean? I, just right. there's just no more to it. You know, you get up, you do a podcast. You go do a thing, you go do a thing, it's the end of the fucking day. Be a good person. I'm going to leave you guys with this because i got to go film, but be a good person and and be just be good. You know, and I don't want to sound bullshitty about that. I just really try to just be good to everybody I run into. You know, you don't have exactly. to love them. You don't have, but just be good. You know, just yeah, be exactly. kind. And, and, be a cool person um, and be someone who elevates yeah, just, others. I always just want people to have a good leave experience. Try to leave them better than the way you found them. Even if that means exactly. that you really say things to them, it's like don't don't make them worse than when you when you met each other. Right. So even if you just leave them as is, you're still leaving them better than the way you found them. You know because yeah, you, didn't, just, you, didn't, you know, didn't inflict any further damage. Okay, that says a lot right there. You know. In that, well, in in the, in the four agreements which I read, God, when it first came out. You know, boy, staying away from judgment. You know, there's yeah. there's nothing to judge in anybody. You know, it's like, who? How could I judge anybody anyway? You know, it's like if you really you don't know the story. Life, we don't yeah, know what the, right. the story is. So, and then first of all, and most importantly, you gotta ask yourself when you're judging someone, how perfect is your life? You know, have you earned that well, robe and that gaffle to sit there and judge someone? No. Yeah. You, you know, well, that's the that's the thing. You know. You, we're, there's three guys here talking uh, uh, about being smart enough not to be judging because, look, w w there's no point to it. You know, it goes nowhere. Exactly. You know, it goes fucking nowhere. You know, it's like it's like the the bottle cap story Mike was telling. It's like, well, Mike could have figured out why it sucked and how all those guys sucked and everybody sucked and it was all the, all their fault. You know what I mean? And he could have judged the whole thing or he just went, Fuck it! I got to do something else, and look, boom! You know, success. And and so, uh, it's always better to spend yeah. time taking charge of a situation instead of Fuck complaining yeah. about a situation. Yeah. And it's easy to do the latter. It's easy to to complain about a situation, call up everyone you know, and complain to them about it, and get them saying, "Oh <laughs> man, that sucks." That's a total fucking waste of time. Nothing good comes out of it. It's only worth telling the story when you've solved it. So if you're going to complain to someone, you're like, right. man, you're not going to believe what happened to that me. Is, and here's how I solved Mike, it. Here's how I solved that it. That is such a good fucking line. Mike, I'm stealing yeah. that. That is a great fucking line. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to have to steal it myself. I did that. <laughs> that was awesome. That was dead on. Um, hey, listen, I, I do have to go do this filming. Uh, it's such Our a pleasure stuff. talking to you guys. I just love talking with you guys, man. It's like, I don't know where this time fucking goes, dude. Um <laughs> Stay warm. Most of it was eaten up by uh, Skype. So, <laughs> so that was one of them. No, the time goes to my end, offline, where I can't hear anything. You know? <laughs> hey, listen, I, I really do appreciate uh, being invited and, and, and getting to hang with you guys. So thank you very much. And, thank you. Uh, Thanks for sharing. Let's get you back again soon. It's always fun. 
Oh, please. And Mike, you know, I always link you up on my uh, website. So when you let me know when you guys post this, right? Sure. And then, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And Tell everybody where your website is, Ron. Oh, it's uh, Ron Morris, uh, The Balance. I, I've got, this is my new website. It's called The Balance. And you can get to my other website from there, but The Balance is where you'll find your web po- podcast up on. And then a okay. bunch of my new writing and, and a bunch of my new film and stuff. So, Very cool. Yeah, look forward to checking that out. Yeah. Hey, guys, really, God, I, I just love talking to both of you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ron. You have a great day, man. man. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. You guys take care of yourselves. Talk to you soon. You too, man. Take care, Ron. Take care. Bye. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Ron's always a fun guy to talk to. It's one of, one of the things I like about doing the show is you get to talk to enthusiastic people that are doing fun things that get you excited about whatever you're, it could be something totally different than what you're doing. And that doesn't matter. You know, like Carol and I went and saw Marilyn Manson at the house of blues in Vegas over the weekend. We've seen him live before. He's great. But there was something about this show where everything aligned perfectly. One, the place was packed Two, very few people were using their phones to film anything. A couple did a couple of people did initially when he first came out, but those phones quickly went away. And as I'm looking around, not only was the band really into it, Marilyn Manson's really into it. The audience is super into it, which just made it better for everybody when you see people having such a good time. Even the soundboard guys. I've, I've been behind a lot of soundboard people where they're just going, they're just going through the motions, right? I mean, they're just right. punching, punching digits. This one soundboard guy was rocking out the whole time. I was like, wow, yeah. look at this guy. Man. He's going crazy. He probably <laughs> does this every day. This is probably the time he's done this. Yeah, on this tour, but he's loving it. He's getting, and it just elevated everybody's experience. At least that was my perception of it. Yeah, one thing about Manson, man, he gives a damn good show. Those people that probably at the beginning of the show that was filming it, you know, these days for certain artists, you want to go ahead and like get a few seconds because there's probably a good chance you won't see them again. You know, like they may, they, people are dying left and right, and I'm not wishing that upon them, but it just happened. I mean, just as we were recording the show yes, yesterday, the lead singer of the Cranberries died. Just like, yeah, you know, just I, a I sudden death. You know, sudden death yeah. is like, whoa, man. Like, there's no only one, 46. Like, like that's it. 46 yeah. years old, man. Exactly. Terrible. You know, and so just, it's, it's just, you never know. So I'm getting to that point. All, like, all my favorite artists that are still alive, and actually, if I get a burp my ass where I want to go to their show, I'm going to probably film them for like the first few seconds because, I mean, I always go back to the case in point when George Michael did that 25 tour. You know, I was yeah. like, you know, I told my wife, I said, I said, we're going. I said, because I just have a feeling. I said, this dude. He's he's had nine lives. He's escaped a lot of stuff throughout the years. I said I said we need to go ahead and go to this tour. We need to see him live because he gives a good show. Let's go, you know. And yeah, that was I think two thousand. It might have been two thousand nine, two thousand ten. You know. So yeah, it was quite a while after that. You know, before he ended up dying. But you know, I'm glad I went. You know, because it was a damn good show. You know, and it's good to see someone that can actually, after all these years, still sound good, if not better, live. You know, just as they did on record in that all because most of these artists, when they get older, they sound like shit. He's like, okay, it's time to hang it up, buddy. You suck. Some of them, you know, <laughs> just came out and they sound like that. <laughs> so, you know, so that was one of those experiences. But I'd already gone through that with Celia Cruz. She had come to Houston a few times. I was like, yeah, I'll catch her the next time. Tito Puente was the same way. They would always come to the, the jazz festival in Houston. And I was like, okay, I'll catch them next year because they come every year. So then that next year, Tito Puente dies. I was like, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> you know, and so then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, okay, I get sell you the next time. She ended up dying. I was like, okay, you know what? Not doing this anymore, man. So if somebody I truly like and I would actually pay to go to their show, I'm gonna go see him. 
I'm not going to miss him, man. And it's just some people I've seen. I mean, he's like, eh, I've seen that guy before. And, you know, I, you know, if they were to be done now, I wouldn't be, you know, remiss by that or whatever. But, you know, in another good example, Scott Weiland. I saw him with yeah. Stone Simple Pilots, you know, and Velvet Revolver. And just I wanted yeah. to make sure I always caught that guy because he's another one who got away with dying so many times. I'm like, nope, I'm going. Nope, got to go check him out, man. <laughs> you know, so... I can honestly say I felt good that I actually got to see Audio Slave, but, you know, and I didn't get to catch Chris Cornell, you know, the last time he came to Houston. And I think and he was getting ready to go on tour right before he died, you know, love was it last summer or whatever. And, you know, it kind of mm-hmm. sucked, you know, didn't get to see that show. But, you know, I, I'm glad I got to see him at least in my lifetime, you know, because yeah. he's a he was a damn good showman, man. You know, dance sounds he damn was. good live. You know, so. Yeah, I saw him five man, times in. In different in different iterations, I've seen him five times. Two times yeah. solo, two three times when Soundgarden. One time when I was fifteen, when Soundgarden before they even blew up. Yeah. So I've seen I've seen the and they were to be honest, they weren't even that good at that time. You know, they were just getting their vibe. <laughs> well, there. when I yeah, saw them I'm years sure later, they were better. They were great. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they were better. You know, when you were fifteen, than that one time he was with Timberland that you saw him in Vegas. <laughs> that's, that was that was the worst out of all the time, and I wish I, know, I did I see it. That, 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 that was one of the worst out of, <laughs> out of all the time. I, I saw. Him. Like, so he that's sounded so good. It was just this discotheque record he was doing at the time, some experiment yeah. with which was a failed experiment. You know what? What's funny is after that record came out, I was like, he's going to have to get back together with Soundgarden to redeem himself. And sure enough, <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kind of like Patrick Swayze after he did Dirty Dancing, he had to do Roadhouse. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like okay, the most estrogenic movie of all time, man. All right, by far, like, we had to pick one movie which will surge your estrogen. It's Dirty Dancing. So what do you do after that? You do it. You do it down in the dirt, fist fighting action movie. Yeah. <laughs> which, which like oh. every guy says, you meet some you meet some really good looking blonde who happens to be a doctor too. First date, you take her back to your place. She happens, of course, she has no underwear on, and she wants to have sex. Right? It's like a total male fantasy movie. <laughs> it's fun to watch, though. <laughs> you know, I'll punch a guy so hard his head's gonna go off. And it's like, come on. it's like, it's like you know, this movie was like written by a dude. It's like I'm gonna rip this dude's throat out. Okay, <laughs> really? So am I watching like a martial arts movie? Like, nah. It's just Dalton, man. It's just like he's just tired of these guys being bullies. It's like before he kills us, the guy's gonna talk about how he used to rape guys like him in prison. All right, just really just makes you feel even better about him killing him. <laughs> because we all know that's every guy's fear. Right there, our biggest fear. <laughs> oh man! Oh hell! And then he then, you know, that wasn't enough. He did Point Break right after that, just to make sure exactly. that it wasn't a fluke. He's like, there's no turning back. He said, "There's no turning back after this." Man. He's like, "Look, man, that Dirty Dance movie. I ended the movie wearing leotards, okay, man. Okay, so I'm like, did you see? Did you see the way I was group dancing? He's like, I look like I was in a Bollywood movie. I, I got to do something, man. I got to redeem myself. <laughs> I got to make sure that I'm not known for this movie. Like, this is the last hit I'm ever in, so people always associate me with. Oh yeah, the guy from Dirty Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> kind of like Kevin Bacon after Footloose. He's like, nah, I got, I gotta, I gotta help. Nah, I'm gonna be doing choreographed dancing with the whole town. <laughs> okay, Kenny Loggins like, nah, man, I gotta fix this. Bro. I can't go out like this. <laughs> 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 then as Matt Dillon's like, you think that's bad? 
how about just the entire decade of the 80s for me, man? So <laughs> you know, I'm going to just do wild things and redeem myself. <laughs> He's like, I have a whole decade I need to forget about. <laughs> but in the meantime, you know, now that you've had a break, folks, what you can do now is head over to both of our websites, use that coupon code LLA, and get a discount off of all of our products over there. And, you know, it's the beginning of the year. Mike's got a lot of stuff that you guys... Okay, that you're enth- you're okay. You're enthusiastic about getting a, a bigger start. You know, you're gonna lift a little bit more. You're gonna start a new program, so you're gonna need some supplementation. So that's when you need to head over to Mike's website. He's got plenty of stuff over there to help you out. The right stuff. Now, there's a difference between what he's got going on over on his site compared to these other supplement companies. They have a lot of things for you, but they have nothing for you. Well, it's just the opposite over there, you know, at MikeMuller.com. You're going to actually have products that are actually going to benefit you. That's the reason why he doesn't have 20 or 30 different brand, you know, types of supplements over there. It's like, you know, why are you wasting your time with all this stuff, man? Get right to the point. So, you know, lots of good things over there, man. So as far as what do you got going on now, man, it's just like. Yeah, everyone can use that coupon code LLA. Go get 10% off everything. And remember, aggressive strength, the testosterone booster goes way beyond just boosting your testosterone. I like to call it motivation in a bottle because I took maybe five weeks off or so after my last cycle, just trying out some other protocols. And I started taking it again maybe a week ago. And within a couple of days, I was like, oh, yeah, this feeling. All of a sudden, things that were on that list that you're never going to get around to checking off are getting checked off. You just you get that dopamine surge. You get the testosterone surge. You get the the energy when you have lack of energy, a lot of it's easy to leave things to the wayside. So all my products are about just making you operate at a much higher function, so that your workouts are better, your personal life's better, your sex life's better, your mood is better. And when your mood is better, you're going to get a lot more done. You're way more likely to achieve your goals when you have a good mood and a lot of drive behind it. Exactly. And, and one of my favorite things right now is just to stack the testosterone booster with red. And man, you want to talk about just like being dialed in and focused. You know, like I said, it helps me when I'm on the range, when I'm doing my training, man, my knife training, all that. It's just like, man, I just came back uh, two weeks ago from an extensive day of instructor, you know, knife and combat training. And mm-hmm. I'm just kind of watching people just sucking wind, you know, because it was it was very physical and it was oh, very yeah. intense. And, you know, and it pays to actually be fit. That's all I have to say, people. So my. You want to be one of the fittest people because one thing about it, it helps you stay alive a little longer. You know, whether not just saying going up against someone physically, but also mentally because you're a lot sharper, you're dialed in when you're fit. So, and it really paid off just looking at that, man, because I saw so many people just huffing and puffing and just after a couple of drills, I'm like, dude, we didn't even really start. Even just doing the warm up and just like while the instructor was kind of, we were all in a plank while he was talking about what we we're about to go over. So, which is, I mean, when you've been in the fitness game, you know that game. You know what he's doing. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know I was like, yeah. yeah, I said, okay. I said, this plank is going to be about three minutes long. But if he had told those folks that were there, we're going to do a three-minute plank, a lot of them would have been collapsing and just like, oh, I can't do it, blah, blah. But about two and a half minutes in, you could see people kind of be like, wait a minute. We're still in a plank position. And the thing was, we were doing planks on our fists on a hardwood floor. So, so you got to kind of play those mental games because, you know, no one's trying to sit there and like, oh, man, I don't know if I can go three minutes. But most of them made it about two and a half minutes in, and then you start seeing the shaking and the, and everything else. But meanwhile, I'm just like looking at this. I was like, I know this trick, dude. But it just – and, of course, when you're also very aware of what your body needs to do, you can really just dial in and really zero in on body parts. Like, okay, using what I know I'm talking about, even on my body weight training DVD, you know, when you're doing yeah. a push-up. 
you know, just to right. put the back of your knees to the ceiling, you know, back of the knees to the ceiling and, you know, keep, but then keep the front of your knees soft. And at the same time, you want to contract those shoulder blades, open up that chest, you know, and keep those, keep those abs braced for a punch. And, and then meanwhile, just breathe, you know, just focus on your breathing. So I know he probably went almost four minutes with that plank and I didn't drop once, you know, it's because I was able mentally just to dial in and just think about all those other things and not think about, oh, this hurts. This sucks. Oh my God. Why is he doing it so long? This is not necessary. And then we were able to go right. So I was able to go right into the drills and I was happy because I had taken red, you know, and, um, the testosterone booster about, about an hour, about two hours before we started everything. So it gave me uh-huh. time just to get ready, drive up, boom. So even just driving there was about an hour away, just that early in the morning. Because anytime before a course, I don't sleep well. I don't sleep because I'm, I mean, if I'm going to a course, that means I'm excited about it. I don't attend things I don't give two rats asses about. So one thing about it, when I'm excited, <laughs> even when I was teaching courses, I don't sit, I'm not the person that can get eight hours of sleep or whatever else. Even if I was doing a kettlebell competition, I would just get it probably about four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep because I'm just, I'm excited. I'm going over things. You can't help but not think about those things when you're excited. And that's what was going on. So I was able to make this long, dreary drive in the London thick fog with just plenty of focus. Actually, I was like speeding while I was going there, man. And just, like, I was having fun. So, you know, red is like become, it's crazy. You know, when you first came out with it, you know, I didn't like jump on it right away. You know, I was still like, hey, Mike, uh, can you send me some testosterone boosts or some EC? You know, then eventually, like, you know, I got the red. I was like, okay, let me get this. But then I was like, whoa. And then when I started stacking, I was like, okay, I'm a fan now. So it's, it's like one of my favorites, you know, out of all your products right now with a testosterone booster. I must say that because. Oh, um, thank you. I'm, and it's I'm gonna in the world be, now. It's actually going to be new and improved, too. I, I actually ran out from demand. There was so much demand towards the end of last year, I ran out. So the next batch will be ready in March. It's on back order right now. But I've upgraded some of the ingredients going into the next batch. So if you like the previous iteration, you're going to love the next one. So I'm always looking to improve things, always thinking about how do I improve these products. Never settle. Go, yeah, this product's good enough. I don't have to think about it. I'm always thinking about it. Sometimes the danger there is you make it worse. That's you have to make sure right. that when you actually try to make it better, you've actually made it better before you release it. A lot of the ideas I have don't even make it to the product. As you tried, you're like, nah, that didn't help. First of all, that was not a paid endorsement. Okay. First of all, that was just, <laughs> that was a real world testimonial because a lot of people are like, okay, when you make the product, of course, you're going to have good things to say about it. So that's why I wanted to definitely like actually put in context, you know, pretty much how I know it was working. It was going, you know, working for me and giving my experience that way because, you know, typing out testimonials, eh, I'm too wordy to be typing out testimonials. Nobody's going to read that paragraph on your website. <laughs> so it's best that they hear it from me right here on the show, <laughs> right there. So that's one way of doing it. So, yeah, folks, head over to both our websites. Use that coupon code. Get 10% off. Hey, you've heard my word for it now. Just go and experience it for yourself. And you can be wordy, chatty, or, or write a testimonial and, and, you know, let Mike know, you know, how the products are working for you as well. Other than that, Head over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast, become a supporter of the show and get ad free episodes from now on by going over to Patreon and you'll get the episodes before the rest of the world gets the episodes. Hey, man, if you're not first, you're last. So might as well be the first one to catch these shows. All right. <laughs> so Ricky Bobby taught you this stuff, man. It's Ricky Bobby one on one. So head over there. We've got different tiers over there. And if you notice on tier three and four, you get bigger discounts on our products. All you have to do is send us an email, say, hey, man, you know, before I purchase this, you know, what's the coupon code? I'm a Patreon subscriber. 
I'm at the $20 level. I'm at, you know, $50 level. And, you know, here it is. And, you know, we'll verify, which I pretty much know who all those people are anyway. We'll verify. Boom. Here's a coupon code for that. You can get 15% off, get 20% off. So, there you go, man. Other than that, share these episodes. Rate, review, share. There you go. I'm done. No more talking. (laughs) All right. Take care, everyone. See you next time.